<laughs> with AJ, it goes anywhere. Okay, here we go. Hello and welcome to another episode of Below the Fold. In this episode, we're breaking world records for the third time in Below the Fold history. AJ Wilcox. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Woo. He's the Alec Baldwin of Below the Fold. <laughs> I'm, I, I'll, I'm, I'm probably going to add some like Telemundo music uh, right there. Uh, anyway, AJ, third time, man. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks, Dude, guys. This is so cool. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, the first time you came on, we talked about LinkedIn. And then the second time. The second and time. the third time. No, no, no. I, I, I say that because uh, the second time you came on, I opened the show by saying, you know, the last time you were on, we talked about LinkedIn. I don't care about LinkedIn. I don't want to talk about LinkedIn. <laughs> I want to talk about you. And uh, in the last... I, so you, the last time you were here, Brandon tells me, December 2016... So we're at two and a half years. Can that be right? When was the first time? Um, we started We started the podcast uh, November 2015. So we would have had him on twice in a year almost. Let me pull it up here. First time was... Wait, why is my find? I'll get the number for you. All right. Yeah, you, lo- you look that up. Okay, so AJ, super excited. We're glad that you're here. Uh, LinkedIn will probably come up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we actually have a few other things that we want to cover. April 1st, by the way. April Fool's Day, we had him on. April 2016, f- so earlier that year. Oh, that was wow. an April Fool's joke on everyone who listened. <laughs> yeah. And it was uh, our title of the episode was What Wikipedia Can't Tell You About. I'm reading this super slow because I just lost it. About paid social. That we was the first episode? That was the episode he was. That was the first episode he was on. Yeah, what Wikipedia can't tell you about paid social? You know, I miss coming up with those titles. <laughs> a lot more. We had some witty titles. Oh, your mom goes to college. It was four seventeen. Yep. Would well, you rather two I don't know how that one came about. I don't either, but I'm the one who came up with it. <laughs> so AJ, uh, it's been over two years since we've had you on the show. Let's get started. We'll just use that. Instead. I'm definitely going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, AJ. So uh, you I, people can probably tell that we're already familiar and the ice has already been broken. So, okay. So it's been over two years, AJ. You've been on the show. Uh, what we want to do is we want to do some catch up. We want to know what's happened in the last two years. Uh, you've built out your business. You've built out your personal brand. Uh, you've been on like a billion other podcasts. Uh, we want to talk about that stuff and how it's impact how it's impacted your business. So, more specifically, Brandon, take it away. Uh, first off, what's your favorite podcast you've ever been on? Ooh. Besides Below the Fold. All right. So yeah, I thought he take was the pressure for, off for compliments. There. Yeah. So this one's the, interesting. The pressure off of us. <laughs> yeah. So this one's interesting because I've had podcasts that I really looked forward to being on because I was a fan and, and that was really cool. And then I've also been on podcasts that were really fun and I had like really fun to record and I had no idea if they would ever see the light of day. Um, I, I was just on one. Uh, there's a company called client boost with a K out of California, Southern California, Jonathan Dane runs it. And he invited me on a, a podcast with a really interesting, um, kind of premise. So we have an episode coming out in probably the next two weeks where, uh, 
it's me and then two LinkedIn employees all kind of just dropping dropping knowledge. So anyway, w- when and if that podcast comes out, uh, I think it'll be episode number one or two. I think it'll be really fun because I had fun recording it. But, Dude, AJ, uh, we'll let's, let's drop some knowledge today. Let's do it. Dropping nuggets. <laughs> so Jonathan Dane was supposed to come on our podcast, but then we found out he lives in California. <laughs> He was in Utah for like a year and a half. No, yeah, this was this was pretty recent. This is in the last two months. Uh, we like set it up, and then and, and then he was like, "So do you have a call-in number?" And I was like, mm, "No, we don't. We don't do call-ins. Why are you not local? No, I live in California. All right, we'll we'll catch you next time you're up here. So that didn't quite work out, but no, that sounds pretty cool. So two LinkedIn employees and you. Yes. And who was the most knowledgeable on LinkedIn? Well, I don't know, because I wasn't part of the... the they're all recorded in three different segments. Oh, so gotcha. I know my segment, and uh, we'll see on the other two. I still think you could answer the question, though. Oh. Who, who, at, who at LinkedIn knows LinkedIn better than you? Uh, that's a good question. It makes me sound like a little bit of a douche to say. But, uh, <laughs> but nobody. But, but quite honestly, yeah. And, and it's not because no one over there isn't smarter than me. Um, they're all like Stanford MBAs you know, good for them. But what I see from the platform is the user side. And that's like, I I mean, I I see from the user side, a wide variety of accounts and, and offers and everything. So what I see is the things that are failing and the things that are working and all they see are the metrics on their side. So when they come out with their, like their yearly, you know, best practices guide, I look through it and just go like, Ugh, bad advice, bad advice, bad advice. So why don't they, why don't they consult you on that stuff? You have connections over there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I think there's ego involved. Like you wouldn't reach outside your organization if you felt like, have they tried to hire you? Uh, yeah, yeah, but I'm not moving to San Francisco <laughs> and I haven't had a job offer from in, in a while. So how long ago was that? Cause last time you were on, I, I feel like, I mean, you were at the time you were the LinkedIn guy. I mean, you've been the LinkedIn guy in Utah for, I don't know how long. Uh, at what point did you become the LinkedIn guy outside of Utah? Ooh. Um, I would say fairly recently, like just understanding where my personal brand sits in the digital marketing world. Um, I, I, I've seen probably in just the last year, a, a lot more, attention that wasn't coming before so i love that i love that you that you're a guy and you're 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 a guy you're like the guy you know someone says linkedin they're like yeah aj he's the he's the linkedin guy there's nobody else i i can't i i don't know anyone else who knows linkedin i'm on linkedin you're on linkedin i'm on linkedin yeah i go through phases where i'm more active than others I've I'm, actually, I'm a lot more active now. I've actually started B2B. to see more because uh, you have like influencers in marketing. I'm seeing more people become like LinkedIn influencers. Yeah. Like what's that about? You know why that happens? Uh, LinkedIn is the easiest network in the world to go viral on right now. Why? Um, because if you share something on Facebook, it's gone in six minutes. You share something on Twitter, it's gone in three seconds. But you share something on LinkedIn, and anytime someone hits like, comment, or share, it then goes out to their network. So if you share something that people want to either like or comment on, then all of a sudden it starts going through your network. So I'm I have four thousand people following me, and it's regular for my posts to to get between nine and twelve thousand views. And so what that tells me is. I'm reaching, you know, at like three times the number of people I should be just based off of who's following me. That's my, what I call my viral quotient. You remember last week, Michael 
I don't know if he mentioned it on the show or not. He was like, oh, you posted that thing on LinkedIn about you leaving. That's right. And that was really nice about what you said about Dev Mountain. So then I went home and I looked and he's not connected with me, but he still saw it. The metrics are insane. I've got uh, 183 likes, 17 comments, and uh, almost 20,000 views <laughs> on that post, yes. which on any other network, that would just be like, wow. I mean, even on LinkedIn, I was still like, wow, that's a lot of people. Yeah. How many people are you connected to? Uh, I want to say like 50, 50. Let me look at the number. <laughs> Wait, I thought it shows you. Um, yeah. If you click on your network, it'll say the total number of followers. Oh, there it is. My network. I've got 1400, a little over 1400 connections, 1400 connections. I'm the guy that accepts 20,000, 20,000. Views. Pre- yeah. And views. Yeah. That, that, that's like, what, what is that? A 15 times viral quotient. I mean, that's, that's incredible lot. to me. And that's, what's so exciting about LinkedIn right now is it's a hot network it used to be boring and now people are going and starting to spend more time there and they realize that when they share things organically, it gets reach for free. So everyone's excited, especially in the entrepreneurship community and personal branding, everyone's excited about hitting LinkedIn and actually seeing their stuff. You're not having to pay to get it in front of people. Do you so. see, and good for LinkedIn too. You know, it's about dang time that they, they get some attention. <laughs> well, do you think that LinkedIn's going to screw it up? Like Facebook, like, there's, there's going to hit a point where it's like, oh, it's the money game, right? And that's what Facebook... Yeah, they're going to realize throttling. that they're not monetizing Do you get the sense that that's just eventually... Like, this is kind of an eventual thing that's going to happen, so enjoy it while it lasts? Absolutely. Or do you think LinkedIn is yeah. always going to be different that way? Yeah, I think LinkedIn will have to follow suit. I mean, I didn't think Twitter would ever have an algorithm, and now they do, um, which is good and bad. Uh, but I, I think... The one force that's really keeping things interesting on LinkedIn is that because it's such a professional network, you don't want to screw it up. Like peeing in your own sandbox. Like that's the only thing I, mm-hmm. I think about. And so if you have um, 100% of the audience on LinkedIn and 80% of them are afraid to share, that means LinkedIn has to has to fill up people's user feeds with something. And so they, they reach to find things from outside of your own network. So as more and more people become comfortable with the network and there's just more posts to see, at that point, they've got to start scaling back. But for right now, they're really generous in giving traffic to people. Is, like, is that a way to yeah. capture more people? I mean, I feel like they've got a, a, a corner of the market just, just by being the resume platform. I mean, I mean, what's the goal there? Are they trying to, are they trying to appeal to get more people on or the people who are on to get more active or both or, or do you know? I don't know. The one metric they're really proud of right now is that they're having, uh, they had 40% more time spent in the newsfeed year over year. And that's pretty exciting for them because the more time you spend in your newsfeed, the more ads you see, the more recruiters can reach you. Um, the more interest there is in buying their upgraded profiles. So that, accomplishes all their goals. You know, what bugs me the most about LinkedIn is that they have birthday reminders in there. <laughs> I, I hate that. Why? My, my birthday was two days ago and I literally had to carve out a six hour period of responding to people who told me happy birthday. You took six hours, to six hours. Yeah. I respond to every single one individually and thoughtfully. That's my own fault. <laughs> what, what if someone retroactively wishes you a, bir- a happy birthday? Would you respond to them too? Yeah. Yeah. A few happened today. I'm taking a note right now. (laughs) I feel like LinkedIn is going to last longer. I'm trying to look up. Maybe you already know, so I don't need to look up. Happy birthday, by the way. Oh, thank you. Sorry, I should have said that like two minutes ago. (laughs) Happy birthday. Some birthday music or something on here. Put that in. Well, I don't know, man. That's like a thousand bucks just to put the birthday song in there. (laughs) That's true. 
What were we saying? Go. Um, I, I was looking up like how LinkedIn makes. I know how LinkedIn makes money, but they have so many different streams compared to other. I mean, Facebook. You just kind of think ads, right? Like, uh, is there other no, streams that Facebook has? That, and so I think 100%. there's more pressure for Facebook to like throttle stuff, whereas LinkedIn's got Linda, which mm-hmm. by the way you have a course on. Yeah, let's just talk released. more about that in a yeah. sec. And then uh, they've got you know people pay for accounts, premium, like the premium, premium accounts, accounts, recruiter accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, all you that got stuff. the in mail stuff like that. Like there's a lot of streams, and so I feel like the, I'm, I'm curious to see. I should have looked that up right beforehand. Like breaking down like where does LinkedIn make most of their money? But yeah, I feel like that 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 organic side of like discovering content that's not content that you follow so to speak i feel like that's going to last longer on wikipedia wikipedia not wikipedia <laughs> i'm sure there's a wikipedia out there i don't want to search it but <laughs> oh my but, virgin eyes i dare you wikipedia uh god why did i say wikipedia i don't know but i'm gonna LinkedIn. <laughs> i'm writing down wikipedia <laughs> buy that domain if it's available um but yeah i, I feel like it's going to last longer on linkedin than it than it, than it has in either network, but wait, what's going to last longer? Just the, the discovering content and like seeing stuff that like, I don't, I don't, I don't know who this guy is. I don't follow this company, but I see it. But for some reason on LinkedIn, I enjoy it more than I do when I, when I see content on, on, uh, Instagram that I don't like follow, it pisses me off immediately. I don't know why, because it's like <laughs> Instagram's like this, like sacred place where it's like, I only want to see my friends and companies I really like. Whereas LinkedIn, I kind of get on there just like, what's going on in the market type thing. And so I want to be like, I want to see stuff that I don't normally subscribe to or follow, whatever the, the LinkedIn term is. But so I feel like if they took that away, LinkedIn would kind of lose its its mojo. It's like not a problem like it is, like it has been on other networks. But I'm a big fan. Now that I'm uh, more focused on B2B with Nice and Floor, uh, I'm taking LinkedIn a little bit more seriously. And I've noticed like just influencers so he's about to drop some knowledge man i know i'm excited that's why i brought him on i need some free consulting here so (laughs) but i've noticed like uh divi is a you know a company blowing up in utah and uh i want to is it steve snow Uh, i forget his name he's sterling snow i believe yep uh he's like over the revenue i think he started out in marketing but like he's i feel like bigger than divi in terms of the presence on linkedin and so i imagine you're seeing that a lot where your the employees are becoming bigger influences getting more views getting more interaction than the brands themselves is that kind of the way to to approach a linkedin strategy from the organic side getting the the president or the leaders involved personally versus let's try to really market our account yeah yeah absolutely i mean that's exactly what we see and we don't know if this is algorithmic or not that we see more stuff from people than companies mm-hmm. or uh, if it's just that you want to have conversations with people and not a faceless organization. Mm-hmm. And, and I suspect there's a little bit of both going on. But what we find is if my company page had the same number of followers as me and I shared exactly the same thing, my personal profile would get 10 times the level of engagement and views than what was on the company page. And so, yeah, that's one of those things where, yeah, if you can get the president of your organization, if you can get the executive team to start sharing your thought leadership, uh, it's going to go so much further than just sharing it as a company. Yes. I I hate, I have, the last organization I was at, the president did not want to be the face. What company was that? Was that? What company was that? Dev Mountain. (laughs) He did not want to be the uh, the face of the company. Um, And then there was another person who was the president did not want to be the face. This is after Kalen. Kalen was very much the face of, of dead mountain at the time, but how do you, what do you, are, is there a way that are there tips that 
a marketer can take in convincing someone at leadership to be like, you got to be the face. Because I, I think they see people like Gary Vaynerchuk and other people and they get intimidated like, well, I can't do that. But do they need to do that? Are there places in between where they can be active and not be a Gary Vaynerchuk? Yeah, I think so. Um, I would just approach him with the numbers. I would say, uh, look, let's do a test. Um, the next piece of news that the company has, uh, let's just let's send out an email to all the employees and everyone share it. And then let's just all compare numbers of views. And of course, it's a vanity metric, just the number of people whose timelines it appeared in. Mm-hmm. But it's something. And then you look at it and go, oh, wow, your voice is disproportionately larger than everyone else in the company. Don't you like this level of exposure for free? And then maybe you can just say, hey, do you mind if we send you just stuff to post? Or maybe we have an intern take over your account just to post something once a week, just to keep it alive. Because I think you were specifically talking about like videos, right? Which is Gary V's specific uh, form. So, so I'm, uh, sure. I, I'm with AJ where it doesn't have to be video, yeah. right? It could just be someone typing up some stuff, sending it to him for approval, and then they post well, it on I think his behalf. That's, I, yeah, I, you answered it correctly. I'm not, not correctly. There's no correct answer. Ding, but ding, ding. I think that's what people think. You, is, you almost didn't, but you did. <laughs> that's what I think that's the mistake they're making is they think that they have to like be this like in the in front of the camera type of person when really it's like, no, just get on and like interact with tweets and tweet out once a week even. Although like, I'm sure video has a better engagement. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you can get them to do that, great. If not, then there's still things that, I mean, really, it's have someone else do it. Yeah. On, on their account. So I imagine you're more active as AJ than you are B2 linked. Absolutely. With the company. Yeah. In fact, it's embarrassing. If you look at the B2 linked company page, uh, the last post was probably two and a half years ago. Um, just because well, of this fact. When he, when he shared our, the podcast he was on, he's like, blow the fold. I was <laughs> just on. This is amazing. That is the way to do it. I will be sharing. So <laughs> AJ, uh, I'm going to take a quick break just to say this this is uh, this is a conversational style podcast, which I really appreciate, and th- and that we can do that. For the most part, we don't structure this. Like we didn't give AJ a, a, a outline before he came on. Uh, we were kind of laughing that you know I like to keep people in the dark. Uh, <laughs> this is exactly how I want this podcast to be, where it's just like, what about this? How do we do this? What's this about? And as I was thinking, uh, and some things kind of popped in my head. One is LinkedIn etiquette, which again, I don't know. Let's see. 18 minutes ago, I was like, I don't want to talk about LinkedIn. Now I want to talk about LinkedIn. <laughs> and, and, and that's the freedom we have on this podcast. LinkedIn etiquette, okay? Because people send me messages all the time. 99% of the time, I ignore them. Uh, is that messed up? Like, are these people... Because sometimes they're like, hey, man, like, what the heck? And I'm like, I don't know you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I ignore almost every mess. Unless I have, like physically talk to you and this is like a follow-up to a conversation yeah then so i'll get back but if it's just like this guy jeffrey rodriguez hopefully doesn't and, and that's the not the only thing i mean but, I, like and, and maybe etiquette isn't your field of of interest when it comes to linkedin but when people message uh on, on both sides and, and let's actually start from the sales guy side because that's usually who they are right so have, have you found or or come across someone who's found like what works in, in reaching out to people on LinkedIn? Is yeah. it just mass and you have like a conversion rate of, of 0.2% and, and you're happy with that? Like what's, what does it look like? What's the scope there? Yeah, that's the two sides of the game. It's either a numbers game where you 
mass spam everyone. Spray and, and pray. That's right. Uh, and and you got to be okay with a conversion rate of 0.001%. Uh, or on the opposite side, you do what I like a lot better, which is a very custom approach. Uh, you search, you find someone that you want to be connected to. You give them a... Um, a good reason to actually connect with you. And then you have a thoughtful conversation that turns into a relationship that then turns into a, a potential sales type of conversation. Um, but no one wants to do that approach because it's not very scalable. So I, I'm the same way as you. If I get a message from someone I don't know, like, sorry, I'm, I'm going to ignore it. And I'm not going to respond back to you because I don't like the fact that you reached out to me cold and then they use tactics to try and guilt you into yes. into responding to them you know yep and i'm like you that's i'm even less likely now yep yeah if you if you push me a third time if if you're emailing or messaging for the third time and i haven't responded i'm going to be honest when i reply back and i and i do this and i just say uh i consider this kind of message spam i wish you'd stop and oh, so you do respond yeah. at that point. After the third time, yeah, push me enough and I'll tell you that what I think is, I'll tell you it's spam because what I want you to do is if that's your tactic of getting in touch with people, I want you to be afraid that the next time that you send a message like that, that someone will report it and LinkedIn will take your profile offline. Oh, that's, that's a yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. I like it, I'm just going to start marketing them all as spam first time they come out to me. <laughs> Well, most of the message I get it. Hey, it's great to connect because I I'm the guy that and my problem is I just accept everyone and then they take it as like he's interested. Maybe again I'm under, misunderstanding the etiquette there, but then they get the message of it's great to connect. Uh, it looks like we have a lot of interest that align. I'd love to just like hop on the phone and learn more about what you're doing. That's like the message like <laughs> yeah. I get all the yep. time. I don't know if you see the same. Stuff. No, I do. Yeah. So it's not I, like I a mean, sales yeah, pitch, like, but you know it's a sales pitch. Oh yeah. And I just ignore them. Yep. But yeah, I don't know if I'm supposed to uh... also know your audience. If you're, if you're reaching out to people in Utah, don't offer to take them out to coffee. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. We'll to smoke a joint sometime. <laughs> I would smoke a Wrong joint state. long before I drank it. That a, should be a, a new thing though. Like just to try it, just to be different. Like, yo, I got this new like batch of cannabis or whatever. <laughs> hey man, <laughs> looking for a buddy. I'll, I'll take you out to the, the just dispensary on the corner here. Uh, okay. So that's the, that's that. Yeah, okay. So sales guys, if, if you had one piece of advice for people who are reaching out on LinkedIn, trying to get someone to respond, what would that be? Every sort of message that's outbound from you needs to be focused on what's in it for them. And do you do this? Do you do LinkedIn outreach uh, in trying to get new clients or, or whatever? Uh, no. Uh, when I first started the company about four and a half years ago, I tried. Like I found out who ran the LinkedIn ads for, for the big guys. And I, I tried some outreach and I just felt dirty. <laughs> Did you say dirty I, or nerdy? Dirty. Oh. Yeah. I, I'm just like, I'm the opposite of a sales guy. Like, yeah. Anyway, I, I obviously have to be the sales guy for my company. Well, I was going to ask, like, what, what's your main source of leads? Yeah, it's, it's all inbound. It's, um, so it's like speaking engagements, yep. podcasts, things like that. Yep. YouTube videos. Uh, Brandon actually, uh, Brandon and I recorded a video together back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mark I still get comments. Yeah, I remember that. Market Campus channel. It's like, yeah. And they're like asking questions like, what do I do about this? Yeah. I don't know if you actually respond to those or oh, you I, see them. I, I try whenever I can, but that, that <laughs> video has brought me uh, 
probably a quarter of the leads that my company has ever gotten. Nice. You're kidding. So, no, you serious? dead serious. Yeah. The Market Campus one? Yeah, the Market Campus one. Dude, good for you, man. Are you getting referral bonuses from this guy? <laughs> I'm just happy to see him succeed. <laughs> I'm just happy for the content. So. <laughs> no, that's great. That's a huge success story, man. You what, should do a case study on that. And what was so funny, I actually tell people about this when, when I tell them about the power of like recording YouTube videos and sharing thought leadership. I go, oh, my, my friend invited me to go record a video for his class. And I was like, oh, sure. Sure, yeah, I'll drive, you know, 30 minutes down to Provo and go and like, like give you some of my time because I want to be a good guy. And then the video turned around and just like it went viral inside of LinkedIn. All my LinkedIn <laughs> reps had watched it and they were referring their customers to me and stuff is um, it, it totally flipped the script. So, Dude, that is so yeah. cool. Have you done So what about Linda? Because that's kind of a video based thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, that's new. It's not as old as this other video, but have you seen similar success? Well, Everything when I went and actually recorded the the Linda the Linda course or LinkedIn Learning as as other people have heard it, um, it, there were other authors there who were all recording at the same time, and we went all went out to to eat one night for dinner, and I was just asking him like, so what's this like? Because m- most of them were multiple time authors, and they said, well you don't really get a whole lot of natural traffic to your course. Like they really expect you to push it if you want it to, to see a lot of, of views. Um, and so I did, I, I've tried to push it anytime I could. And um, I, I don't even have the first report. I mean, it's been out for just a little over a month. I don't even have the first report on how many people have even seen it. So we'll see. I mean, maybe it's, maybe it goes viral and it's great. Uh, or maybe 2000 people see it and then it goes away. We'll see. So they, I imagine they pay you to do that course. Yeah. Do they pay you kind of like an affiliate where you get paid a certain amount of a percentage of, of the number of people subscribing or is it like a flat rate? Here you go. And one and done. Uh, it's, it's based off of how many people take the course, uh, the breakdown of how it works with like how much of the course they watch and how much you get. I have no idea. So it's oh, kind of like you. a so, Spotify, so right? It, like it, the it, more it, listens you get, the more royalty. That's right. So yeah. you're incentivized then to, to promote it. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Cause okay. Linda's yeah. just a subscription that you get all the courses. Is that right? Yeah. Like they're not buying. And it like a Udemy is you have to hope that people buy your course for $5. Exactly. Ridiculous sale that they have. Yep. So what's the goal that, that, that later there, there's a LinkedIn masterclass. I would love to see. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, what oh, I, oh, it sounds like there is there something there. Well, we'll see. Uh, depending oh. on how this course goes, oh. um, we may plan the the next Linda video because it was it was pretty fun to record. I will say this: anyone who has LinkedIn Premium, like the the first upgrade to your profile, um, you get access to all the Linda courses for free. So if anyone's mm. listening to this, you might want to go and just look up the LinkedIn Ads video and just let it play in the background so I get paid. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's hilarious. He's uh he's the second most viewed video on the Market Campus channel. Sixty six thousand views. Oh, the do's and don'ts yeah. of LinkedIn advertising. I was just gonna ask what the title was. The do's and don'ts of LinkedIn advertising. Leave yep. it to this guy to come up with the title. That was you, huh? That was a great was title. Me? I don't know if it was me or not. I mean yeah. But it's a good title. So what's the number one video? That's me. It's how to get a job in digital marketing. Oh yeah. <laughs> but then AJ is not only the second video, he's the third biggest, the fourth biggest, and the sixth biggest. What does that mean? Did you do multiple videos? There was a five. Yeah, he did. He has at least four on here. You better believe I went to go record more after that first one launched. <laughs> he's, yeah. So Dude, there's the that. ultimate LinkedIn ad checklist, and then you're structuring your social ads totally wrong. These are great YouTube titles. And then search ads versus social ads. So well optimized. And when titles. was so why'd that stop? I just stopped recording 
those videos. I need. A, I was looking at YouTube the other day. I'm like, I need to get more videos on the Market Campus YouTube. Not channel. just Market Campus, but uh, Tech Audit TV has been slacking. It has been slacking. Are you going to hit your goal this year? I am going to hit the goal. Okay, I think about it every day. Okay, and then I go to bed and crying, <laughs> <laughs> waiting for my new job to settle down a little bit. Then I'll have a little more time. Yeah. All right, AJ. I want to go back to your personal brand. So you mentioned that in the last year, uh, you've noticed a lot more popularity and people reaching out and kind of your reputation getting a little bit bigger or swelling kind of outside of Utah. What, what, how'd you do that? Like if, if there's anyone and it's not necessarily in LinkedIn, but there are people who are like, I'm the expert in Google analytics. Like I'm the Google analytics guy or I'm the Snapchat guy or whatever. Uh, what do you do? I mean, branding is exactly the same as it has been since the very beginning of time. It's uh, the more you hear about something, the more you it's emphasized in your brain that it's good. So I think it's just for me, it's been repeat exposure. Um, you know, you go and speak at a conference for the first time and you're a noob, but you come back again and someone goes, oh, I've, I've heard him speak before. He must be good. And then the third time he's invited back, it's a uh Wow, yeah, he's, he's legit. So it's just this repeat exposure. And especially if you hear it from multiple sources. I've had uh, a, probably two leads in just the last week who've said, hey, I, I watched your videos or I, I've been following you for years, but then a friend of mine told me I should get in touch with you. And so here I am on your contact. It's that, yeah, it's that multiple touch. Gotcha. Uh, what conferences have you spoken at? Oh, man. Um, social media marketing world, inbound, um, uh, content marketing conference, HeroConf, SMX. Yeah, I don't know, probably a list of about 15. Dude, that blows my mind. So how many, I mean, those are the ones you present at. How, how much are you traveling? Um, I just got back from six straight weeks of travel. You're kidding. Yeah. Like going to conferences and speaking at conferences and what, client meetings? Yeah, um, almost. I mean, I travel for a couple client meetings, like, like maybe once a quarter. Um, but the vast majority of my travel is for speaking engagements. How does your wife feel about that? Uh, this last six weeks has been not great at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, if she's listening, I'm sorry that I, I took him away this evening. Is uh, there a single conference that you can point to and be like, that one was like the best one I spoke at in terms of client success or did you land a big client at one of them? You're just like, man, so glad. Or maybe just connections that you feel like could turn into something big or they all uh, kind of even. Uh, no, I mean, for me, speaking isn't necessarily about the leads that I'm going to get because I never know if I'm even going to get one or if I'm going to get 10. Like after inbound, I spoke at inbound and had a room of 1200 people and like I got my email box was just full of leads and that was pretty cool. I, I might've closed, I don't know, two or three of them. I wouldn't call them hot leads by any, any stretch of the imagination. Um, but what I really get out of the speaking engagements is um, refining the message. And, and I feel like I'm getting more polished as a speaker. And I really like that. Um, I also like when you're a speaker at a conference and you're hanging out with the other speakers, uh, there's this camaraderie you feel cause you're all kind of going through the same pressure. Um, you, you tend to know the same people and it just makes conferences really fun. And you end up building these really strong relationships that, I mean, you've talked four times on Twitter. It shouldn't feel like you were lifelong besties when you get together, but mm -hmm. it is. So th that's why I speak. Interesting. My ambition is to be as outgoing as you are on social media. I can't, I just can't do it. What's, what's the trick? Oh, that's a good question. 
I don't know. Cause I don't even feel like I'm, I'm very outgoing on social media. Um, I keep reminding myself, like you got to post. I always have these privacy concerns in the back of my mind. Like, Oh, if you tweet and say like, Hey, I'm at this conference. I love it. Is someone going to be like, cool. His house is empty. I should rob it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's probably a healthy concern. Uh, what about, um, what did I just ask just now? You asked about um, how like oh, how yeah, yeah, yeah. Social, social, yeah. So, personality. So at least on a local level, uh, with the DMC Slack channel, I, I I don't go ten lines without seeing you comment oh, wow. on something. Well, I mean, I didn't actually count. I'm just I'm just saying you're very active on the DMC Slack channel. Although you are a board member. Yes. Let's talk about that actually. DMC. I know the president works in 97 Florida. Oh, that's right, Doc. <laughs> Love Doc. That's right. That's right. That's. Uh, what, what are the plans for DMC this year? Uh, the full conference or the monthly meetups? Whatever, or? all of them. I mean, I, I mean, you have monthly meetups, which is has been going since the you know the inception of of SLC SEM. But are there are there any interesting things on the horizon for DMC? Uh, yeah, we had a a big meeting this year. It was like a, a summit where we kind of sequestered ourselves actually at ninety seventh floor um, to to try to figure out like what the future looks like. We got a lot of the planning done but um the big thing for us was the rebrand we went from salt lake city search engine marketers slc sem to utah digital marketing collective and um anyway that was a big deal for us i mean a rebrand for any company is expensive a rebrand of this size we didn't spend any money on it but every time i send an email i say formerly slc sem um what kind of feedback did you get on that uh was it mostly favorable? Mostly favorable. The the word collective, like we took a long time to land on that because it's it's a nerdy weird word, uh, but we just couldn't figure out a, a better a better term for for what we are. Coalition. We, we talked about coalition. I'm just kidding. I yeah, don't, I don't have a preference really. Yeah, coalition lost out. Um, so yeah, rebrand's tough. When is DMC this year? Uh, I can tell you. I believe it is in September. Do you have any guests already lined up? Yes, we do. In fact, uh, at the event next week on the 15th, we're going to be announcing the, the three keynotes and several of the speakers. Come on, give us a little preview. When's this episode go live? Monday. Just uh, <sighs> give us initials. No, no, no. Give us one. Just give us one. I'm, I'm going to give you one that I think you'll like. Okay. Neil Patel. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Jay, have you really been listening to this podcast? That's why I listen. Oh, Oh, I freaking hate Neil Patel. (laughs) Dude, that is so funny. I I might go, though. Where's the venue? Is there a venue? Yes, it's at Instructure off I-215. Oh, it's not at the theater anymore. Oh, sorry, the the whole conference. Yeah, the conference is at the theater again. Is that, is that, when you say Neil Patel, is he going to the conference or is he a monthly speaker? Yeah, sorry, he's at the conference. I just like the theater. Yeah, atmosphere. No, yeah, I liked it. The, I liked it. The theater's tough. We, we I get a very table, like put a laptop on and tight. No, yeah. it's called a laptop. Put it on your lap there, Brando. Well, so if know. you get the back seats, the ones that have like the recliners, uh-huh. they, they've got a little table thing that goes across them. Oh. But I, I'm with you. The um, the theater has very like very split personality there. Uh, there's no Wi-Fi there, so every year the surveys come back and say like you're a digital marketing conference, you should have Wi-Fi, and and I totally agree. The theater just won't install it. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about that. That yeah. was that was a weird thing. 
it's hard for speakers to feel like the room is full because we take we bring enough people in to fill the keynote one theater and then you split into two separate theaters and all of a sudden it looks like the room's you know half empty because it is um but other other than that people tend to really like the theater uh it's it's a little awkward i do i I liked it i like the theater for sure so neil patel huh what uh well, we we don't need to we don't need to get into that. <laughs> is, is he going to speak on dark patterns? Because <laughs> he's an expert. Yeah, yes, he is. I'll be interested to get uh, to get his topic. We'll see. Did um, he approach you, or did uh, did you guys approach Neil? So the deal with Neil Patel is he just opened an agency here in Utah. Oh right? yeah. yeah, no, he's yeah, it's Big Leap, right? That. He's working with Big Leap. Isn't that the thing? I, I think there's some sort of p- fulfillment partnership there. But, but uh, that's not the agency you're talking about? No, he, he used to partner with Boostability, gave him all his leads, and he generates a lot just from his, his personal brand. Um, and then he said, wow, I could just keep all this for myself. So he, he created NPXL or NeilPatelXL.com, and they're a, a local agency here. Um, they're hiring like crazy, and I think Big Leap is potentially helping with uh, some of their fulfillment, maybe while they're building out the team, or maybe it's permanent. I don't know. So why did he choose Utah? Do you know? Uh, I, I think he loves the fact that we have a ton of of digital marketing talent that we're we're yeah, cranking we do. out, we uh, do. and young and cheap, you know, universities are are cranking these people out. So I think it really is a prime place for him. Hmm. He lives yeah, in Vegas, sense. doesn't he? Oh, yes. I have no idea. Does he? So he's close. Yeah, yeah, that is close. Because all his pictures are always him walking in Vegas. Who's who's in charge of uh, getting the guests this year? Uh, we have a small committee, so I, I'm definitely on it. I love helping with the guest selection. How many, how many guests are we, are we talking? Guests. Why do we keep calling them guests? The That's speakers? not what we call them. Yeah. Speakers. Okay. Speakers. Presenters. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so it's at a different venue this year. No, it's actually at the same one, the same theater. Oh, same yeah. theater. Okay. Cool. 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 Okay. Jordan Commons. So, yep. so, uh, just real quick tickets don't go, aren't on sale or anything. Are they? Uh, I think if not, they're going to go on sale pretty quick. Okay, so if you are if you're in Utah or surrounding areas and you want to come to the biggest, you what, what do you guys call it? It's the biggest Utah, Utah's largest digital marketing that's association. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the largest, the Utah's largest marketing association association. It's, their their conference. I can buy tickets right now. Oh, on yep. Eventbrite. Check it out. August twenty third, right? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. it's not September. August twenty third. One day, blowout event with speakers like Neil Patel and others who are going to be announced this Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. I think this Wednesday. This Wednesday. All right. So, yeah. so that's DM, DMC. It, it, it actually is a pretty good time. Um, I remember, I think we just talked about this. A lot of swag is, is thrown around at, at uh, DMC. Uh, the best swag and best, I mean like creating the best story was base, which is the 97th floor, uh, you know, affiliated oh, yeah. company. They were giving out free links. Whoa. Free link cards. Free links. Yeah, a little, little, one little free link. link here. One free link, which was kind of hokey, but I thought it was it's clever. not on my watch, just so you know. I think it's that's awesome. <laughs> anyway, so that so that's uh, that's DMC. Okay, Brandon, was there anything else we wanted to capture? Oh, man. We've been all over the place. Which um, is good. Well, yeah, which has been great. Um, I can throw out the numbers you were asking for about LinkedIn's. Yes, I am curious about that. Um, 
Oh, where their revenue, revenue streams. streams. Yeah, 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 yeah. So before LinkedIn was purchased by Microsoft, they used to have to report all these numbers on their call. Now that they're a part of Microsoft, they're just like a little part of the, the Microsoft earnings call. But from what I gather, the percentages have stayed about the same. So 60% of their revenue is driven by recruiter. So uh, that's recruiters who are paying like whatever it is, 12 grand per license per year to basically just be able to send unlimited messages and unlimited searches. Um, then about 20% crazy. comes from advertising. It was like 18, 19%. So wait, what is the, what is, what is a hundred percent makeup? What, what monetary value are we talking about here? Oh, actually, I don't know. Um, like LinkedIn's total revenue. Yeah. Like, like how much are they making? So you're saying like 20 or what was it? The recruiter made up 60%. 60%. So 60% of what number is what I'm wondering. Yeah. We need to figure that out. It's probably a lot. Anyway, keep going. Sorry. Yeah. I, I know at one point they wanted to make advertising a billion dollar business and then uh, their stock fell in half when they didn't get there. Like they, they weren't even close. And now I'm assuming their advertising is probably a billion dollar business. And because of the stock drop, Microsoft could afford them. So, yeah. Smart. Okay, so 60% is recruiter. What yep. was the other one? It was like 18, 19% was advertising. And then the remainder at that time was uh, was sales navigator licenses or or people upgrading their profile the to, to pro. Stuff. Okay. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised if those have changed slightly, but that's about where you want to be. That's where you want to be? Well, that's about, I think, where they're going to land. Oh, where they're going to land. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I was, like, I was like, I don't know. I, I would take more advertising, <laughs> oh, you know. Google has figured it out. One question I have is, um, what? Well, let me tell you a mini story. I have a friend who owns a car dealership, and the biggest frustration is every person. It's a used car dealership. Ken Garf, is his friend. It's not Ken Garf. <laughs> yeah. My friend Ken. So Ken's biggest frustration <laughs> is that everybody walks in the lot and they want like a relatively new car for like four to six thousand dollars. Yeah, which you're not going to get. No, at least a, a car that's in good shape. What is the disconnect, the similar type of thing that you get when you get your, your inbox is full of leads? What is the big reason that people end up saying, oh, never mind? Is it the high cost of LinkedIn that they didn't realize uh, was neat? Is it something else? Like, If it's based on the first thing AJ said the first time he came on the show, it's that AJ talks them out of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I do talk a lot of people out of advertising. Yeah, um, is it that? Is that like, oh, it's like my, my business is not a LinkedIn ad type business. Well, no, no. I, I mean, if you think about, I keep, I keep answer, answering for AJ. <laughs> if you think about, he doesn't want to take on clients that it's not a good fit for, right? He, for could, sure. take, he could take their money. But what's going to happen? He's going to take their money and then however many months later, it's, it's not going to work. And they're going to say, wow, AJ, he sucks. Mm -hmm. And that is the opposite reaction he wants associated with his personal brand. Why I'll is tell you that so? right now. So true. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to rip anyone off. I don't want to have a hard conversation two months down the road where it didn't work. Um, so I, I do. And there's also kind of an ulterior motive here is that if you tell, if, if you find someone who is not going to be a good advertiser and you keep them off the network, then they're not making CPCs competitive for everyone else. So, um, for even our other clients. So I don't, I don't want you to advertise if you're not going to be successful. That's interesting. Yeah. That's, yeah, it is yeah. interesting. Um, so, so what other thing, what other things, um, are make it so these leads fall through be so, besides you telling them not to? Yeah. I think the biggest one is probably when someone goes to advertise on LinkedIn, if they hear that it's six to $9 per click, then they're like, okay, yeah, I, I can, I can make that work if I'm going to make $5,000 when I close this deal. Uh, but I think it's when you share with them, if you put up an ad that says click here to buy or click here to talk to our sales rep, 
no one wants to click that ad. There's no benefit in it for them. There's no draw. And so you say, you can't put an ad like that. You got to move a little bit up the funnel and then go for something like, you know, here's a, a valuable, you know, free checklist or cheat sheet or ebook or webinar or a free in-person event. And you have to tell them like, look, you've got to try a little bit harder. You've got to actually go and create content. And then once you get someone who's, who you've paid to actually download the content and give you their information, now you have to nurture that contact until they're ready for a sales conversation. Most of the time people go, Oh, that sounds like a lot of work. I'm going back to Google ads and that's okay. Like, again, those are the people, if you're not going to have success on the platform, you shouldn't be there. Is Facebook and link, uh, sorry, Google is, you can be a lot more direct because there's search intent. That's okay. They're already in buying mode. Yeah. Is LinkedIn pretty similar to Facebook? Yeah, really similar. Um, I think on Facebook you have a, a little bit more leniency because the CPCs are lower. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the cost of traffic is lower and people spend more time there. And so you could actually afford on Facebook to send someone to your blog post four times before you ask them to fill out a demo. Uh, whereas on LinkedIn, sorry, I'm not going to pay six to nine bucks every time I come out with a blog post for you to read it. Yep. Uh, I, I'm going to go right for at least asking for something. That's right. Those are not top of the funnel prices. Yes. Um, they are below the fold prices. <laughs> below the fold <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. So, um, are we ready to move on? I think we're ready. I've been waiting for this moment for the last 45 minutes. Me too. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to do some, uh, digital marketing roulette. I don't think we had this ever at, uh, in the nope. last two times you've been on. Uh, so for those of you who are new to the episode, digital marketing roulette is the opportunity for us to ask AJ inappropriate and personal questions. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, no. So Brandon's going to pull out the roulette table and, uh, don't forget the ball. Pull that, pull that out as well. Yeah. He's going to fling that around. Somewhere. It's going to land on one of the numbers on the, on the board. And, uh, we have a corresponding question that goes wow. along with that, that number. The, it's, it's shinier than I thought it was. You guys really put some work into that. Yeah, he puts he puts his elbow elbow grease into that cleaning every week. Actually, while that's rolling, can can I play a game? If I tell you that I'm in a building, a small building called the Stone Sheba, can you guess how high I am right now? <laughs> <laughs> what 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 metric are we using to determine how like what uh, what do you what, what do you use to determine how high somebody is? As balls, AF. I don't know. <laughs> Those are good yeah. metrics. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No weed here, unfortunately, guys. We yeah. should hotbox this place sometime. <laughs> we are in a building called the Stone Sheba, and I don't know why, but that totally sounds drug-related. That's right. And you know what? I'm glad you mentioned that. So uh, we are recording in the Stone Sheba. <laughs> if you have a podcast or are you a creator and want to record your own stuff, look up thestonesheba.com. Landed on number 14. 14? Yep. I love 14. I mean, you got you guys can see that. I don't know why I keep repeating it because we all see the number here. Oh, anyway, it's red fourteen. Red fourteen, perfect. Uh, all right, number question for red fourteen is favorite swag item you've ever received. Ooh, as a man who's been to many many conferences, I wanted to throw this question in the bag. Ah, uh, there is a conference that I went to. Uh, it was actually a, a car show, like a, a big car conference. So outside of our industry, um, but. They gave out flash drives 
and um, the flash drive itself has all the, the product brochure information mm -hmm. to help buy from them. But the flash drive I carry around with me all the time, uh, it's, it's uh, formula drift. So I, I get to look at this flash drive that's all about drifting competitions. Anyway, <laughs> of course, I deleted all their documentation, and now I just put presentations and music on it. How big is it? Oh, it's, it's been a little while since I got that thing. I'm sure it's like one gigabyte. It's, it's tiny, but that's his favorite piece of swag. That tells you how much garbage he gets. <laughs> I guess the question really should be how much swag do you throw away? And by the way, by the way, how, uh, which inbound did you speak at? It wasn't this past year. Yeah, it was this last year. Are you serious? Yeah, I was there. Oh, you didn't come to my session. <laughs> no, I don't think I did. That's effed up. Uh, but I remember it was there that I got a ton of sunglasses for swag. Yes. For whatever reason, that was that was the thing there. And I got like four pairs of sunglasses. So many sunglasses. Oh, there was a booth there that was giving away. Um, it, it was a lightning connector for the phone. And I don't have an iPhone, so I couldn't use it. But you plug it in and it's a fan for your phone that just uses your own phone battery to blow your face off. So, blow your face off. Yeah. For you suicidal folks out there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. You, you had my ear. At, I don't have an iPhone. So what phone do you have? I have an Android. I'm a proud Android man. Which one? Which one? So I've got the Note 8 right now, but I'm looking at the at the Pixel 3. Oh, um, yeah. So I've had my eye on it Pixel for a little 3. while, and i got to get to it. Well, wait till October. Pixel 4 is going to be a lot better. Oh, good. Okay. Because the Pixel 3 is not very different from the Pixel 2. And I just, I just saw an true. ad for a Pixel 3a, and yes. I haven't even had a chance to research like what makes it an A. Yeah, not much. They haven't done that before? Was uh, there a Pixel like 2a? No, that's like their first. Like, what does A mean? I forget what it stands for. I haven't really read into it. I, I, they just announced it, what's today, Thursday? On Tuesday, I believe. I still haven't read the stuff. My tech audit TV game is <clears throat> slow and rusty right now. Dude, seriously, man, you need to. <laughs> I'm disappointed. <laughs> All right, let's get out. this bad boy spinning here. Black twenty. Ooh. Come on. Oh oh oh. Dad and his new pair of loafers. Black twenty nine, Jacob. That was close. All right, black twenty nine. Question for that one is. What hobby are you most excited slash passionate about right now? This cannot be like a work-related thing. can't be a side hustle for money. It's just a hobby or something outside of work that you are passionate about right now. All right. Uh, for me, it's got to be off-roading. Um, so like, do you have a side-by-side? -side? Yeah, last year I got a side-by-side, -side and we go out to Eagle Mountain fairly often. Um, and... <laughs> My, my brother-in-law rolled it last Saturday, so I'm a little bit whiplashed still from rolling in the thing. But uh, that aside and a little bit of PTSD. That's what, that, yeah, that's what they're built for, man. <laughs> they're, built for, they're, they're built for rolling around in. It's pretty good. It, it broke two pieces of plastic, and that was it. I was expecting worse. And, and this is yours. Yeah. Are you making him pay for that damage? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You're good. You said brother-in-law? Yep, I'm a yeah, good brother-in-law. You're a good brother-in-law. Yeah. Well, you, Jacob? What's, what's going on in Jacob's life outside of... Vivant and below the fold. So uh, many of you will know this. And but hustling people for trailers. That's right. <laughs> what does that even mean? Hustling people for trailers. I don't know. So trailer rentals. No, man. It's an RV rental. <laughs> Sorry. Very I, different. Sounds so dirty. I, and insulted, <laughs> I insulted the RV industry that's with not, trailers. That's not even a hobby, man. Uh, I, uh, many of you will know this. I'm, I'm big in a cornhole. Do you like playing cornhole, AJ? No. 
<laughs> no, I don't. I will. I will throw a beanbag and go. I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> so I love. I love cornhole. And uh, we. I say we. Cole Reben and I uh, put together a monthly cornhole tournament Ooh. that we do. So the next tournament is May 25th. So go to championcornhole.com nice. to register now. Did you know that cornhole has another name on the East Coast? Yes. I forget what it was, but someone someone said something that sounded really funny, and I was like, you mean cornhole? And she was like, oh, yeah, it's called that, too. Uh, yeah, I used to know as well, and now I can't remember because I don't live there. But I also lathe. Oh, wow. So I do woodworking on uh, my lathe, and that's another hobby that I appreciate. Now, now, what's really going to be interesting is when you tell me what hobbies you're into, because as far as I know, you don't have any. Yeah, what is your guess? Do you uh, have any like, assumptions? About what Besides you do for just fun? sitting in a dark room? In well, a I just found out that you played tennis this morning, and that kind of blew my mind. Well, <laughs> I don't play tennis, but I took second. So I was, that says something about how bad the people I'm playing with. Second out of two? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> second, well, we had it was doubles. So my team, my partner and I got How second. many teams? Uh, eight teams. Eight teams, and Double you came second. Who was your partner? Um, his name is Tanner, and he works there know. or what? Yeah, he's all nice and floor employees. He played high. He played uh, tennis in high school, so he kind of carried the team <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah, that is not my hobby. Uh, my I would guess that you watch Netflix for a hobby. Yeah, I could say that, but I, that's not like you used to. You used to buy like Blue Pantry or what? What was that called? And you'd cook with your wife or something. That was like a one-time trial. Hello Fresh. <laughs> oh, Blue Pantry. You're thinking of Blue Apron. Yeah, Blue Apron. That's right. Hello Fresh. No, uh, running. I'm I'm training for the half marathon. AF, Which one? Oh, the man. AF Canyon one. I, I I run the Utah Valley every year. Ah, yeah. Half. And, yeah. I'm looking. At, I, I did the uh, full once, and it. Uh, you did the full marathon. Yeah, and it was the last time I will ever try a full marathon again. That was tough. I drive that from Wal. It's Wahlberg or Wallsburg. Yeah. Yep. Every time I drive that, it's like, that is a long. Wait, long do you run. like running? I like running. I enjoy it. Yeah. Okay, that blows my mind. It's a therapeutic. Because <laughs> my gut. No, I. Uh, no, because of your apathy. <laughs> My apathy. I don't even know what that word means. Now I gotta Google it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You you go ahead and Google that. Uh, My lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. <laughs> what does that have to do with me running? No, it's just another word for being lazy. Oh, okay. Well, I love running. Okay. Ran ran uh, uh, five and a half yesterday. Okay. Nice. Five and a half yards. Five and a half yards. Never said miles. <laughs> Maybe it was minutes. Well, one hobby I wish I wasn't is uh, skiing. You oh, want to yeah. ski? We went skiing with. Uh, oh yeah, Valley. I was skiing I with you. Like I got like the bug. I'm like I gotta go back. Well, now it's the worst time. I know. It's like, <laughs> I fell in love with the worst time. It's <laughs> true. So I'm waiting for uh, waiting for ski season to come around again because I uh, would love to go. Okay, we have time for one more. All right, where's the ball? There, there it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I really whizzed that one around. <laughs> You know, did you know that some people don't think this is real? Yeah. Like AJ blew his mind when he walked in. He's like, holy crap, there's an actual <laughs> it's real and it's big. <laughs> it takes up like, up like half the room. Regulation size. Bought this from uh, it was Sands, a, it was used. Sands Hotel. That's yeah. right. And then they went under and we found a deal on eBay. It's yeah, like, what, 3500 bucks. It, it was sitting in a warehouse for like <laughs> 10 years after it I would drive down, pick it up myself. All right. That was uh, 18. Here it is. Um, oh boy, my list is all messed up here. Uh, sorry, sorry. Hold on here. 
How hard is it? It's the one with the 18 next I to it. I know. I have things numbered really odd on here. <laughs> Are they Which, color coordinated? Like, what's going on? Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. Uh, okay. <laughs> this is the question. <laughs> uh, if What advice would you have? Okay, no, I'm scratching that. Yeah, scratch that bullcrap. What is the biggest... Okay, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> what is the biggest pet peeve you see on, on LinkedIn? Oh, um, I think it has to be, I mean, we already talked about just like the cold outreach that just like, it's not customized. Um, uh, so we've already touched that. Let me, let me touch this. When you send a connection request to someone and it's just the default, hi, I'd like to connect with you on LinkedIn. If I don't know who you are, like I, I know some people love to connect Brandon. I'm sure you're going to just click accept on everything. Um, if I don't know who you are and it just has the default message, like, sorry, I'm not accepting it. And uh, and I'm surprised that so many people think that they can just fire off a connection request to someone that they don't know and expect that there's any reason that they would accept it. And if you're only filling up your network with the people who, uh, I, I don't know, I, I guess aren't guarding their networks properly, you're probably building a really low quality network. So anyway, that's my biggest pet peeve about LinkedIn. How How is network quality measured? Um, for me, I think it it relates to the viral quotient that we talked about before, because if I fill my network full of people who uh, actually have a relationship with me and want to support me, that means anytime I share something, they're going to be much more likely to hit like or comment. And, and as you know, that's what spurs LinkedIn to show it outside of your own network. So I feel like if you carefully curate your network, you're more likely to have your stuff go viral and, and further. So when, when you meet someone for the first time, which comes first? You thinking about looking them up on Facebook or looking them up on LinkedIn? Oh, definitely LinkedIn. I, I you like dream Facebook. LinkedIn? Yeah, exactly. Do you use the uh, location thing where it's like I do find people by me? Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, a couple times I've I've used that in well, so I won't use it just randomly. I don't know, just walk into a like in place a conference. You're like, Boop. yeah, oh. there's got to be someone else's board sitting at the seat, and they're just like, hey, yeah, who else is bored? And let's connect. But if I'm sitting at a table with, with people at a conference that I've never met before, I will say, hey, open your phones. Let's, let's connect to each other on LinkedIn. I think that's pretty cool. More often than not, I use the QR code feature. So right up at the top in the search box, there's a little QR code. Hmm. If you tap it, one of you shows your code. The other one scans it, and you're connected right then. It's interesting. I did not yeah. even know they had a QR thing. Yeah. I'm waiting for QR codes to die, and they just keep <laughs> sticking around. No, dude, as soon as Instagram iOS... just did No, as QR soon as codes. iOS integrated QR code scanning into their photo yes. app, it revived it. That's all That's all it took. Because the reason it was so sucky is because you had to download a third-party app. Yeah. Which, by the way, uh, what's his name? I don't remember his name. Uh, he's a YouTube influencer, travels the world with his kids. Uh, oh, you're talking about uh, Garrett Gee, oh, right? Yeah, what's yeah. the... What's the Who sold Scan? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Snapchat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Made a ton of money. Right before money. that was like that was like right before QR codes weren't cool. You know how we and found they out were cool again. How much he sold it for? No, that I was don't part want. of the uh, Samsung hack. <gasps> Samsung got hacked. That was one of the emails that disclosed how much um, Snapchat purchased. I forget how the link was, but that's what came out of it. It's like, oh, that's how much he made. How much oh. was it? It was like fifty million, maybe fifty-two. Dude, good for him, man. Beautiful. Definitely wasn't worth that much. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why? Because you know, I, I just think about that. Like, okay, I understand. Like, the the groundwork's already been done, but like, fifty million, you couldn't find like two hotshot developers and offer them both 
five million each. No joke. Not even that. It wouldn't. It wouldn't even come close to that much. Yeah, I just don't understand it. But yeah, I don't know. Go yeah. Garrett. And like, yeah, if it, it, one year later, it would have been like he would he'd be poor like the rest yeah. of us. <laughs> um, okay. AJ, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Dude, thanks for the invite. This no is joke. so much fun. It you is so much awesome. fun. We might be in a new studio next time we next time we invite you out. If you've enjoyed this episode, we invite you to leave a positive review on iTunes or any other podcasting platform that you're listening on. Feel free to reach out. Our email is inbound at belowthefold.io. If you have topic ideas or would like to come on the show or whatever, or if you want to reach out to AJ, go ahead and hit us up and we'll give you his personal information. <laughs> that's it. Only dressing everything. everything. That's it. Until next week, we'll catch you below the fold. Waiting for AJ to do some, something better than that. He's waiting for me to stop I was recording. Going, I was waiting for the <laughs> Seinfeld bass. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.